Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I mean, as dumb as I am, I figure this kid can play. Welcome back to another Bruins Beat. Jimmy Murphy here, your host. Uh, we are on CLS, CLNS Media Network. Dave Collinane doing the producing as always. And we're joined this week by a special guest, uh, the head coach of Boston University, David Quinn. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Hey, thank you for joining us. And uh, Coach, before we get into, uh, we wanted to bring you on to talk about Charlie McAvoy, of course, and uh, just the year he's having and what it was like coaching him. But before we get into it, let's get into some history about yourself, your hockey background. Um, I, I guess just tell the listeners how you you got started in hockey and where. Well, I grew up in uh, Cranston, Rhode Island, and you know I was very fortunate where I grew up. I literally right across the street. I grew up across the street from uh, three baseball fields, four basketball courts, a pond, and the city pool. So I had my own little playground about. 20 yards wow. from my back door. So, uh, you know, started skating at an early age and, you know, was fortunate enough to get some great opportunities and ended up going to the Kent School in 1981 as a sophomore and was fortunate enough to get a scholarship to BU and was here at BU for, uh, I was here for five years, but my playing career ended uh, uh, after my, well, actually I got diagnosed with hemophilia, which is a bleeding disorder after my sophomore year and because uh, I just had a lot of complications with injuries during my time here at BU. And uh, unfortunately, my career had to end. And uh, shortly thereafter, I got into coaching. So uh, I've been very fortunate in life. And uh, every day, there's not a day that goes by as I sit here as a head coach at BU. And at some quiet moment, don't say to myself, I can't believe I'm the head hockey coach at BU. <laughs> now, you were. I mean, you were drafted by the North Stars, though, the now defunct North Stars. Uh that, that's interesting stuff there. It's kind of an interesting yeah. history tidbit. Huh? I, well, it was, it was funny because, uh, you know, back in 84, uh, not a lot of, you know, it was just really where, you know, they were starting to draft high school kids in the first round uh-huh. and high school hockey around Massachusetts and the New England area was getting a lot more respect. And, you know, Tom and Dave Jensen and, you know, a bunch of local guys were starting to get drafted higher and higher and Brian Lawton and, uh, so, you know, that year in 84, I get drafted in the first round by the North Stars, lucky number 13, which wasn't so lucky. <laughs> Two years later, I'm diagnosed with hemophilia. And I joke, and I have jokingly say to people, I was such a bad draft pick. Four years later, they moved to Dallas. So, uh, but uh, again, I mean, hey, I was, I've been very fortunate in my life. Uh, hockey's given me an awful lot. And, uh, you know, it was certainly an exciting time for me. And, very disappointing, obviously, that, uh, you know, after my sophomore year, basically my career ended. But, you know, 
that's uh, that's life, and people are certainly dealt a lot worse here than I was. And after throwing a pity party for myself for a little while, I dusted myself off and now got you, on with my life. You ended up uh, taking your first coaching job with North Northeastern, correct? Yes, yes, okay. yeah. We uh, Ben Ben Smith was the head coach at the time, actually. Uh, uh, recruited me to come to BU, and he and I remained good friends. And uh, when he had an opening, he, he, uh, I was very fortunate again. Luck. I mean, you talk about being at the right time, right place at the right time. And, uh, you know, right away, my first coaching job, really. I coached the JV team here at BU for a little uh -huh. while, but literally my first real full time coaching job was being a you know, number one assistant at Northeastern. Wow. So, I know how fortunate I was, I and mean, that doesn't happen very often. And uh, you know, I, I forever will be indebted to Ben to giving me that. And then you went on to uh, Nebraska Omaha, which you know I, I covered NCAA hockey for a while for um, NHL.com in the early 2000s. There, and you know, I would do a story or something on Nebraska Omaha, and people were like, "What are you? What are you doing a story for Nebraska Omaha? Why would they have a hockey team?" <laughs> yeah. But yeah. you were part of building what now is is really a prestigious program in uh, college hockey, huh? Yeah, it really was an incredible opportunity. You know, Ben, after my third year at Northeastern, Ben took over for the Women's Olympic Program. And uh, Mike Kemp, they just started the program in Nebraska-Omaha. Mike Kemp became the head coach there. Mike had recruited me to go, go to Wisconsin. And I was just coaching the 15th Festival, and Mike literally had just got the job. Uh, the first thing he had to do was the head coach. Less than 24 hours later, he and I were sitting having a lunch in a coffee shop up in Lake Placid. And uh, he basically offered me the job on the spot. So, you know, uh, moving to Omaha, Nebraska at, at 29 years old was uh, exciting <laughs> and nerve-wracking all at once. But uh, it was the best move of my life because it gave me an awful lot. It gave me an opportunity to really get out, and pound the pavement in the recruiting world. And, you know, my first year there, we didn't actually have a team. I was literally out there recruiting 26 players to put our first team wow. together. And uh, the fan support we had was unbelievable. It's a great city. Uh, I loved my time there. We had some really good teams. We had a lot of success and uh it really was a turning point in my coaching career that's great and then of course you kind of come full circle and you're back at boston university and you you take over for the the legendary jack parker i mean what was what was that like uh when you found out you were going to do that yeah it was a it was crazy time in my life i was coaching the avalanche at the time assistant coach in colorado and you know jack announced his retirement and, I, and obviously i had been as a his associate head coach for five years before i went on to pro hockey so I left after we won the national title in '09, and you know, obviously Jack and I stayed in close contact. And but I was surprised uh, that he, he retired uh, mm -hmm. at that time, and it was a crazy process. Uh, it was just it happened fast. Uh, I, you know, I, I was very fortunate uh, to uh, have to get this opportunity. There's a lot of great candidates, and. Uh, you know, obviously Jack and I still have a great relationship and, you know, it's never easy replacing somebody like Jack, but at the end of the day, you've just got to, you can't, you know, you can't think about that. You've just got to do the best job you can because this job's hard enough. And yeah. if you're thinking about who you're replacing, it's going to drive you crazy. And, uh, you know, we've been fortunate to have great players here forever. And we've had great players here lately. And, uh, you know, we haven't won the, the grand prize yet, but, uh, we're certainly, uh, doing our best and you know we just got to give ourselves a chance every you year you talked about uh, recruiting uh, earlier and what that you know learning to how to do that in nebraska there um let's get into uh you know charlie mcavoy and now mcavoy in the circle wrist one on redirected score but now mcavoy has a little space drops it back one timer from lane shot save Mary Mouse, 
to the middle. McAvoy scores! Great Boston Bruins defense, man. Man, I think he's got to be a rookie of the year candidate. I don't think he's getting enough love, but they're starting to they're starting to wake up around the league. But I want to go back to when you first saw this kid play and, and what you thought, what went through your head and, and said, look, we got to get this kid to be you. Well, it was funny. I had just gotten the job here at BU, and I got here in May, late May. It was my first day around campus and in the office, and I had been out of college hockey for four years. Uh, and I had hired Steve Grilly, who was coaching pro yeah. hockey, who was scouting pro hockey for seven years. So, you know, Grills and I were kind of, you know, trying to freshen up on who the hot prospects were and who we should be after. And, you know, Grills, it was, it was you know, late July, early August, Grills calls me and says, hey, you got to go watch this kid McAvoy. He's playing up at Foxborough. He said, uh, you know, I want to offer him a full scholarship. And, you know, Charlie wasn't heavily recruited. And uh, Charlie had just got invited to the U.S. national program. Uh, but Charlie was only in ninth, finished, just was going into 10th grade because he's a late birthday. Uh-huh. He's a December birthday. So he was he was going into 10th grade going out to Ann Arbor, and all the other players were going into 11th. Okay. But Charlie was a good student, so his plan was to accelerate, was to catch up to the guys he was playing. So I went over to Foxborough, and I'm, you know, I mean, it doesn't, you don't have to be a hockey genius to watch this kid play, even back then. And, you know, within five minutes, I mean, as dumb as I am, I figured this kid can play. <laughs> so, uh, you know, left the room. You know, four days later, him, his mom, and dad were sitting here in the office, and I think it was really just us, Yale, and UMass, and there really wasn't a lot of a lot of play on them. And you know, we offered him a scholarship. And the funny part is, we're sitting there talking, and you know, here's a kid going into tenth grade. Uh, he's 15 years old, and you know, the the recruiting process had changed a lot since even in the four years I was gone from college hockey. I mean, you know, we were never recruiting you know kids going into tenth grade when I was yeah. an assistant here yeah. at BU four years before then. Thousand dollars scholarship. And he looks at me and he said, "I said, how was your year this year?" And he starts telling me about his year, and he says, "You know, I got to February and I was getting nervous." He said, "I didn't have a scholarship," and I leaped out of my chair. I said, "You're nervous? I just saw for a fifteen-year-old a two hundred seventy thousand dollars scholarship. How nervous do you think I am?" <laughs> That's great. And we all laughed, and I said, "But we, you know, I mean, you know, we all know he's going to be, you know, while we all really started to separate them." Self and you know Lorensky and Hannafin with two of the big names and you know every time yeah. I watch, uh, yeah, I mean he's something. I mean when you start to watch and play and you start to get him in practice, uh, what are some of the things that sort of stood out to you that maybe you're seeing come to fruition now at the pro level? You know what amazes me about him is he's big. I mean he's mm-hmm. a thick kid, but he can sliver by people like he's five foot nine. Right. Number one, two, he's got such hockey hockey sense and awareness. And one of the things that, you know, when people were calling us about the, you know, during the draft, you get a lot of teams calling you. Well, I actually said this to Donnie when we were talking about Charlie. I said, I don't know if I've, I don't know if I've coached anyone who can find the middle of the rink the way Charlie can. He gets back from pucks and he'll make that five foot pass to the middle of the rink coming out of your end. And if you can do that, you're going to walk out of your zone an awful lot. The other thing is how strong he is and how can he can recover from what can look like a dangerous situation. You may think he's beat. You know, he looks vulnerable. He looks like he's going to get beat. He's got the great ability to recover. But, you know, the thing that I kept coming back to is there really wasn't much he could do. Mm-hmm. I mean, he can defend. He can pass it. His shot's getting better. He's got to have more of a shooting mentality. But, you know, I just thought we just thought he was the whole package. Yeah, and you know, one thing I'm noticing uh, is when in games, just sort of his mental toughness uh, from – from shit there it sort of developed over time but, but i mean 
the way he recovers, like if he makes a mistake, uh, there was a there was an incident last week. He, he's up in Montreal in that game. They uh, won four three in a shootout, and he's going in for a hit. I want to say I don't know if it was on Mete or I'm not sure who it was on the Canadians, but the the guy I caught he saw him at the last second, so he ducks and gives Charlie a little hip check, and Charlie kind of you know he lost his cool a bit, went after him, took a slashing penalty. He comes back next shift. And he's creating plays left and right. It was like, okay, whatever. I, you know, I messed up. That's it. I'm, I'm moving on. And that just showed, I'm like, wow, this kid's got it. And he's only 20. And, and to be yeah, able to do yeah. that in that atmosphere, in that type of game, I mean, I know it's only the regular season, but when those teams meet, it's usually a play cover that way. Uh, just really impressive. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's, he was like that from day one. I mean, he just, things I, we talk about here is I've never met a great player. I think he was a great player. Right. And Charlie thinks he's player, but it's not arrogance. It's swagger. There's a difference yep. because his confidence doesn't offend other people. Oh, it's, he's got a humility about him, yet he's very confident. And to me, those guys, those guys are the special players. And he, he take off and he moves on and, you know, it's, it's uh, on top up. You know, and he's he's starting to get some lofty comparisons, and he's the the next Drew Doughty, and there's people in Boston that are looking back to Ray Bork and kind of drawing comparisons there. Um, you just talked about how he's he's got swagger, but talking it. So I take it you're not worried any of that's going to get to his head eventually, right? No, no, not at all. Not at all. He's yeah. uh, he's I mean, he's just really uh, he's. You know, he's such a special kid, too. I mean, I, I know I may be a little bit biased, but, you know, he's he's a fun-loving guy. You want to hang around him. You want to have some laughs with him. I mean, look at Frankie Vitrano. Frankie Vitrano was two years at UMass. He had 18 goals a senior year. I mean, his, uh, you know, after his, after two years at UMass, he signs with the Bruins. He goes to the American League. He gets 36 goals in 36 games, mm-hmm. you know? And it's, you know, and talking to some of the guys that have played in the American League, you know, I you know, talking to Jacob Forsbacher Carlson about a month ago, and he and I were talking about. I said, you know, we were talking about the difference. He said, you know, it's really not that big of a difference. You know, said there are some games that are actually easier at this level. Yeah. You know, so you know, I think that certainly, you know, the competition certainly helps these guys uh, when they get to the next level. Yeah, I can, I can see it for sure. Um, as this goes on, I mean, one thing I think people are going to ask, you know, and I don't see it happening, but it would only it's it's human nature if it did. What do you think about Charlie and just the way he'll handle as the games go on here and he's playing more games than he's used to and the games are becoming even more meaningful? How do you see him handling that? Oh, I think he'll embrace it and I don't think he'll see I think he'll see his level of play maybe tick to a higher level as opposed to going the other direction. You know? It's unreal, isn't I mean, it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean he's he's just built for it. You know, he's built for it, you know. And yeah. Kind of cracks me up, you know. People talk about the, the, you know, the OHL and the CHL and the Quebec League, and they, you know, they talk about, well, they play more games, prepares you more for pro hockey. That's that's not what prepares you for pro hockey. No. Maturity in your body prepare you for pro hockey. You're not, not at 17, 18 years old playing seventy games and playing three games and three nights, and that doesn't, that doesn't prepare you for pro hockey. That's that's not how that works, and it's, it's more the physical development. Charlie's built for it, you know. Charlie's. Charlie's a you know 210 pounds, six one, thick, heavy player. Uh, uh, he's not gonna he's not gonna wear down the way 
maybe someone like Clayton Keller, Mike, because Clayton's you know five ten yeah. hundred seventy yeah, pounds. Yeah, it's, it's funny. The other, I think it was the other night after the four uh, one win over the Canadians on Wednesday, uh, somebody was asking about McAvoy's minutes, and you know, I mean, he's he's playing more than Char on some nights still, and Cassie just left. He's like, look, I mean, what do you want me to do? He's not showing any uh, letdown. He's not showing a wear and tear right now. So I got to ride it until he does. And obviously, if he does, I'll, I'll pull it back a little and we'll see how it goes. But, I mean, you could just see every time he's talking about McAvoy, just sort of this. Glee this in his giddy. eye. <laughs> yeah. Glee in his no, eye. Yeah. He's got this giddy in him. You know, he's, he's so happy talking about his. And it, and it must be great, I guess, for a coach, right? I mean, especially in a situation he's in where he's got this. He's got this defenseman who can definitely charge, proven he can still hang. But obviously, you know, father time's catching up a bit and uh, they needed to pull back his minutes. And to have McAvoy come in this way, I mean, you, you're a coach. I mean, you must know what he's going. He must be like, this is unreal. This is great. Well, it was funny because, uh, you know, I've, obviously I follow the Bruins. And, you know, once Charlie got there, I followed him a little bit more. But, you know, Bruce has done such an unbelievable job. I mean, I've always, you know, I knew he was a great coach and did a great job down in Providence. So we've got a lot of mutual friends. I've only met him three or four uh-huh. times, but you know, I was, you know, you'd watch all his press conferences, and you know, he had a kind of serious tone to him early on, and you know, now the playoffs start and serious, and then Charlie gets there, and I actually joke, you know, at the draft this summer we were talking, and you know, Charlie's name came up, and I said, I said, you know, I said, I swear to God, Bruce, I said I'm watching one of the interviews after the second or third game against Ottawa, and someone brought brought Charlie's name up. And you started smiling and talking. I said, I saw a glee in your eye that I hadn't seen in the two months prior to you. I said, it was amazing. <laughs> uh, you changed, you know, it was like all of a sudden, like, you look like, thank God he's here, you know? And it was, uh, it's funny you say that because I, I noticed that last year. And yeah. he's just, like I said, I, that, that that's just what, you know, fuck, that's just the type of kid he is. Now, on top of being a hell of a player, he's, you know, He's a guy you root for. It's not that you don't root for all your players, but it's just you know he's that type of personality, you know. And yeah. I don't think the I don't think the length of the season is going to affect him at all. I, he's just you know, like you said, you talk about rookie of the year, and I'm watching him last night. I'm like, you know, how is he? I know I understand Barzell and you know Besser and Keller and those guys are all great players, and obviously I love Clayton Keller. He's been here too. But when you're going to defend, I mean, I bet if you had you know, if I mean, you know, all those rookies. That defenseman is hard to find. I mean, it's hard to find. Yeah. If you had 31 teams say, okay, who would you take? And it's not because he's, you know, it's just a position he plays in the minutes he eats. And, you know, he's just, to me, it's, uh, he certainly should be getting more consideration for rookie of the year than I think he's got. I definitely agree. And, you know, I, you look at it, I, people are going to think I'm not saying this, but I mean, I'd, I'd have him like right now, I'd have him in top 10 to 12 for Norris too. I really would. Yeah. You know, and I know that's insane saying that as a rookie and all this, but you just look at the the value all around that he brings to that team. And like, we're just talking about the minutes he can, he can eat up for them. So it's just little stuff like that, that, you know, I I guess when you're not watching a team every day, the national media doesn't see it as much, but hopefully they notice it going forward. Hey, listen, before we let you go, coach, uh, just for the listeners that aren't familiar with your team, some players, maybe we should keep an eye on and, uh, and listen for in June. Well, we've got a you know we've got a real good group here right now. Even though you look at a record, you just scratch your head, wonder how we have the record we have. It's probably the coach. It's probably the coach. But let's not tell too many people that. But uh, you know Brady Kachuk, who you know is a freshman here for us. Keith Kachuk's son. He's he's a guy that'll be, in my opinion, one of the top three players at the World Juniors, huh? Yeah, and he kind of was doing that before he left here. It was crazy because he didn't score a goal the first twelve games here. 
And then wow. he scored four in his last six before the World Juniors, and he carried that over and, you know, picking up where he left off uh, coming back from the break. But he's a guy that can do almost everything. I mean, he's 6'3", 200 pounds. He's got great hands. He can skate. He's got a great head on his shoulders. And he's, you know, he's a guy that'll be a top draft pick, uh, you know, we've got obviously we've got you know Jordan Greenway here who's going to make the who's on the Olympic team. We've got yeah. like I said Shane Bowers and, and was a first round pick and Patrick Harper and Bobo Carver. We got a real good team. Dante Fabro, Chad Chris, bunch of high draft picks, and you know we got a good group coming in next year. Uh, but you know it's it's been a frustrating year, but we certainly feel like uh, we've you know we had a pretty good weekend last week and got three out of four points. But we think our best hockey's ahead of us. Yeah, and it's this is a this is a fun time of year for you. It's going to get exciting now. I'll tell you. That's uh, right. As, as as we said after Christmas, uh, it's a hockey season, not a hockey half. We may not have had the first half we wanted, but this story will be written in in April, yeah. not right now. Uh, for sure. Yeah. Listen, we wish you the best of luck, Coach. We appreciate you taking the time. Right. All right, guys. All right, Thanks a million. Boston University head coach Dave Quinn joining us here on the Bruins beat on CLNS Media. We'll talk to you next. Everybody's feeling. Ships and boats Some are signed monuments Some are writing down notes Everybody's in despair Every girl and boy When when the Eskimo gets here Everybody's gonna jump for joy Come on without